Hey guys, it's Ed, and I'm coming to you live from quarantine here in Detroit. So, Will will be joining us later in Politalk, as it has become our custom. Um, And I just want to address something really fast. I know um, some people have um, asked me if I'm alright because um, I sound winded. Um, They were worried that I had the coronavirus... <clears throat> or um, something like that. It's just how I am. I um, am asthmatic, so sometimes this happens. I've been working on it and uh, doing breathing exercises and whatnot to get better. That being said, let's move on. Because we have some great gossip for you guys today. And uh, one of the things that I think is really important to talk about is um, Ansel Eagert. Over the weekend, he was accused of sexual harassment. Uh, Let me rephrase that. He was accused of sexual assault. Girl came forward on Twitter and said um, that he coerced her into having sex with him. Ansel himself responded by saying that it wasn't true... Uh, They were in a relationship, and everything that happened was 100% consensual. Excuse me. This has left the team behind West Side Story in a lurch because they don't know what to do right now. Um, Their leading man is tainted, but they've already put in more than $100 million into the movie, and you really can't just scrap a movie like that. So... While they're trying to debate and see what they should be doing, um, they actually should be looking a little bit further into the allegations here. So, y'all know I have a really good friend who was a gossip blogger uh, for a long time. And he tipped me off to this. So the girl who is accusing uh, Ansel Eager... uh, of sexual assault actually initially tried to blackmail him. Uh, and uh, like I told Will this when I pitched it to him to make sure he was okay with it. And it, this is wild. Just utterly, utterly wild. So, according to what my friend told me, uh, Ansel and this girl were in a relationship. There's no doubt about it. They were into some very kinky things. Um, One of the things um, that she was trying to blackmail him with was he wanted to roleplay a rape fantasy. Now, this is not what you're thinking. Because it wasn't when I first got the message, um, it cut off. And it was, I personally was worried about where this was going. So. Uh, what actually happened was he wanted her to rape him. Yes, male rape is a thing. Um, And no one quite knows why um, he has this particular fantasy. We're not here to fetish shame or anything like that. um, What we know is this is what he wanted. 
So, you know, there's, she agreed to it, so obviously there was no, no issue, or there shouldn't have been an issue. The next thing she tried to blackmail him with was the fact that during another encounter, she sat and watched as another guy sucked his dick. Now, my my source didn't go into much more detail um, about whether the two men, Ansel and his male lover, had sex, um, if it was a threesome, or if this was just a, like, a one-time thing, like, hey, let's give this a try. But... Um, that sort of thing, along with the the rape fantasy, is probably something that his team would want to clean up right away. Uh, and with all this, um, is it harming victims who do come forward and speak their truth and talk about... Um, abuse that that they've suffered, that is not, that is not an easy, um, that is not an easy question to answer. Um, ideally, we'd all love to say no, not at all. But truthfully, I think there's a chance it does. Um, we don't, we here at Drunk Hustle do not want to we don't want to um, discourage people um, from coming forward with their stories because it's very important to get these out there. Uh, also, over the weekend, four members of the Riverdale um, the Riverdale cast, including Lily Reinhardt, Cole Sprouse, KG Alpa, and another girl. I forgot her name, were all accused of sexual assault or harassment via Twitter. Um, KG Elpa and the other girl were immediately cleared um, when the Twitter account admitted that they lied. Cole Sprouse and Lily Reinhardt were not cleared. Um, both issued statements saying that it was just not true. Uh, that they would never do that, uh, and they're seeking legal action. Ansel Eggert is also seeking legal action against the girl. Um, if if he's smart about it, um, and if I'm right about this, there's probably not going to be charges pressed against her. Uh, but. I would venture a guess that he's going to be told to be a little bit more careful. Maybe even put into a uh, fake relationship to clean up his image for the movie. Uh, th- and that is a theory I discussed with my um, gossip blogger friend. My former gossip blogger friend, I should say. Uh, and we both agreed that from a PR standpoint, that's probably the best way to go. 
there there's a little disagreement about who um and how the relationship will unfold but we both think that this is definitely going to be happening um, and it's and it's going to be happening fairly soon <clears throat> and with most of these stories don't expect uh, don't expect a huge um, confession or revelation because that's not how Hollywood works, especially when you have a blockbuster movie on your hands. All right, I'm going to take a break, and I will be right back. And I'm back. Uh, and we've talked a little bit about Kelly Clarkson's divorce. Um, just a really fast recap. Um... The news broke just about two weeks ago uh, that Kelly Clarkson and her um, husband Brandon Blackwell uh, are are breaking up. They're they filed for divorce. Um, Kelly filed in Los Angeles. Um, they have two kids. They've been married for like five or six years. Um, nobody's seen it coming. Uh, there seems to be a mixture of reasons why. Um, Blind Gossip has insinuated uh, that the pair had a threesome. Uh, Kelly was... um, Brandon talked Kelly into a threesome once, and then twice, and then she found out that he had been sleeping with a threesome partner while she wasn't around, uh, and that ended it. Uh, Crazy Days and Nights say that it was a mixture of cheating, uh, that Brandon had been cheating on Kelly for basically the entire marriage. Uh, And she finally, during quarantine, just got tired of it. Um, People and several other tabloid-type publications have said... Uh, that there were, there were problems, but the problems were basically, um, easily dealt with because Kelly's always busy, but during quarantine, when they actually had to spend time together, those problems grew bigger and out of control, and that is what led to the divorce. My, my... Um, former gossip blogger friend said mm, it's a little bit more complicated than that. <clears throat> so, according to him, what we know about this divorce so far is yes, um, there were threesomes involved. However, he does not believe that the threesomes happened with a woman. He believes that they um, were happening with another man. I He has been, for his site, he had been looking into this. Um, uh, he shut his site down in 2017, 2018. But he had always heard rumblings that... <coughs> 
um, they were very active in the swinger community. He does not believe that cheating was the cause of the divorce. Rather, uh, a disagreement about how far into swinging they should go. Uh, After Kelly had the kids, she had wanted to slow down. Um, Not stop it entirely, but slow down a bit. Whereas Brandon thought um, that it would be better if they picked up and did it more because that's where they're comfortable. So, according to him, the threesome thing did actually happen. Um, He's not quite sure why Blind Gossip called it a woman when it is very easily proven to be a man. Um, The man is not famous, um, as I had speculated. (laughs) Uh, He did say that there, there was... A, uh, a more famous man who was approached but they never followed through with it. Um, as for why they didn't follow through with it, uh, they were very, very concerned that the other man was too busy selling stories to tabloids um, to honor an NDA agreement. Don't expect a litany of dirty laundry to be aired during this divorce. Um, Brandon and Kelly are both very well off as it is. Um, Obviously, Kelly makes more than Brandon. um, But neither one of them really need the money. Um, And this is not going to be a Wendy Williams-style divorce. It's not going to get nasty. It's not going to... Um, turn into a huge fight or anything like that. <clears throat> I The worst we're going to see is them not speaking to one another. Um, <clears throat> according to my source, Kelly is working on getting Brennan removed from um, the talk show, which won't be an issue because unlike Wendy Williams, Brennan was not a huge part of the show as it was. Um, his name was attached as an executive producer, mostly because he was a manager, not because he actually uh, contributed in any meaningful way. Um, Warner Brothers, who produces and distributes the show, <coughs> has already started the legal work to extract him for season two. Um, it's not going to be a surprise, or it shouldn't be a surprise, that when his name doesn't appear in the credits anymore. Um, my friend said, if if his name does appear, um, or continues to appear, um, it'll be more because of a um, settlement agreement than um, any contribution. He had already stopped. <coughs> Uh, contributing to the show by the time quarantine hit. Uh, And 
you know, that's just what it is. There's no way to really... Um, there's no two, two ways around that. Uh, as always, we're going to stick on top of the story. Uh, because it's breaking and evolving. And I have my friend checking on it for us almost... Um, <laughs> I wouldn't just say periodically. No, almost every day. Um, I ask him about the Kelly divorce because I'm just waiting for that one big shoe to drop. Uh, but so far, and I agree with him, it's probably not going to. But I'm going to take a break, and I'll be right back. And I am back. So, another story we've been following very closely is the Ryan Seacrest, Kelly Ripa feud. It's, I mean, it's about to explode into something just unbelievable. So last week we talked a little bit about how Ryan Seacrest um, is planning to come out um, on when they're allowed back in the studio and announce his departure from the show. The official reason will be he's just burnt out, uh, he needs to take a break, and he really loves the show and will be back. Uh, However, my source says that's not the case at all. Um, Not negating that he could be burnt out. He has been working 10,000 jobs for many, many years. But there are a few more considerations at play. Um, First um, and foremost, he really did want to move uh, live to Los Angeles. It's where his radio show is headquartered. Um, It's where American Idol is headquartered. Um, It's where his house is. Uh, And now, of course, Ryan Seacrest is beyond rich. He could buy another place and, in fact, has bought another place in New York City. Um, But there's something about his Los Angeles home um, that is calling to him. It's where he's quarantining. um, And, you know, sometimes that's just what we need. We need to take care of ourselves, let's be honest. Um, you know, I'm definitely not going to fault him for that. The next reason, uh, is he may not be back on American Idol. Um, ABC has released the same thing. They hope that all the judges return and that, um, Ryan Seacrest returns as host. Uh, but this season... Of American Idol was probably one of the most challenging uh, for him uh, for many reasons. Uh, the first and most, I mean, the most notable reason being uh, he would tape late into the night and then have to show up for Ryan and Kelly. Or Kelly and Ryan, excuse me. But He also called off because he he actually called in and let Bobby Bones be the 
a host for an episode because he just didn't feel well enough to actually um, be there and host the show. Now, it only happened once in in a career as long as uh, Ryan Seacrest. One would not actually think too much about it. Um, but we're not talking about American Idol right now. Although I am looking into whether or not he's thinking about leaving or if he really does want to stay. <clears throat> we're talking about Kelly and Ryan and the the third and most um, important reason why he wants to leave is he cannot stand Kelly Ripa. Um, in case in point, he um, wanted to wait to make the announcement on air um, until they're back in the studio so he could let Kelly Ripa know um, in person and they can talk about his reasons for leaving, which would, of course, probably not include him <clears throat> not being able to stand her. <laughs> but she found out through the grapevine what was happening and through a shit fit. Uh, because it's starting to look really bad now that her male co-hosts keep leaving. Um, Ryan Seacrest, or I'm sorry, Regis Philbin left. Um, after about 10 years of working with her, Michael Strahan lasted about four years before he left. And Ryan Seacrest is leaving after just two years. Maybe, yeah, it has been about two years now. I don't think it's been three. Maybe it has been three. In any case, uh, <clears throat> um, all of this comes on the heels of Kelly really fighting and throwing around her weight more. My source over at ABC said Kelly called and bitched at ABC daytime executives saying that they should never have hired Ryan Seacrest because he was never committed to the show. Now, I don't know how committed Brian Seacrest ever was to the show. I tend to believe that it probably wasn't as much as people wanted it to be. Um, and I know a lot of you are saying, well, you know, Ed, we listened to the Kelly Ripa deep dive and she wanted him out. She's been trying to force him out. She did a lot of underhanded things to get him out. So why is she so upset? She's upset because he wasn't fired. He's leaving of his own volition. Now, in the world of entertainment, and we've talked about this before, 
uh, Major Charlotte Ryan Seacrest would never admit to being fired. And... <clears throat> but for Kelly Ripa, it wasn't about the public knowing he was fired. It was about her knowing he was fired. The fact that he seems to be leaving on his own accord really sticks in her craw. And she won't be able to leak to the press that he was actually fired. Although my source said she's already starting to try that. Um, and I'm waiting for my source to give me confirmation and we'll go further into that story as soon as I get my confirmation. But for right now, just know that yes, um, Ryan Seacrest is preparing to announce that he is exiting live with Kelly and Ryan and it is his own choice and it's my choice to take a break and come right back and I am back so alright so we were just talking about uh, Kelly Ripa and I mentioned Michael Strahan for those of you who don't remember Michael Strahan has been on the outs with ABC for a while now. Uh, he, his attempt to launch a third hour of Good Morning America that was sort of in the vein of Live with Kelly and Ryan really backfired. Uh, over the last couple of years, this show has gone through so many iterations, it's not even funny. Um, it was GMA3, Michael and Sarah, and then f- for some strange reason, they completely dropped GMA3 and just called it Strahan and Sarah. It didn't do anything for the ratings, and they then called it... Then they brought in Kiki Palmer, uh, which the ratings rose a little bit, but then fell right back down to the same levels. With when the pandemic hit, um, all the shows went on hiatus, uh, and then you've seen some shows like Tamron Hall and Kel- the Kelly Clarkson show, um, Ellen Ellen's talk show. All came back with remote at home versions. But Kiki, or not, Strahan, Sarah, and Kiki did not. And I just want to, um, because one of, one of the listeners asked me, um, and I forgot to respond to them personally, so I'll respond on air. The reason why I truly believe that this show is canceled is not only because my source tells me. That it is as good as cancelled. But. Um, if you just look at it from a logical point of view. Um, the argument that. Strahan, Sarah, or Kiki didn't want to. Um, film from their house is. Just not going to cut it. Here's why. Sarah Haynes was a guest co-host on The View. Um, multiple times in the early days of the pandemic, um, leading right into um, the remote, um, and she filmed from her house. So, 
when people try to say, well, you know, maybe they just don't want to record at home, I totally get it. And normally I think that would be a, a fair argument. But since they've, since they were um, doing a lot of shooting from home, it just doesn't hold water. Um, and if you also look at it, uh, they could have asked the three of them. Uh, and one of them, like if Strahan didn't want to shoot the show from his home, he could have gone into the studio. Um, and like I said, Sarah Haynes shot the view from home, so there's really no excuse. Um, and, you know, if of the three, if only two of them wanted to do it, they could have. But instead, they put the pandemic, what you need to know now show on. And even now that um, the pandemic is kind of easing up a bit, they didn't rush them to the studio to uh, get keep um, or I'm sorry, Strahan, Sarah, and Kiki back up and running. Um, rather, they rebranded it to GMA Three. What you need to know now. So. Uh, yeah, I do believe that the show is is basically over, and I do believe that this is going to be um, a permanent thing. Uh, and I'm also believing that Michael Strahan is going to show his ass one too many times, and going to be shown the door faster than what we're expecting. Um, so... I've already told you, he's gone off on the bosses about the failure of the show and said it's not a good look for him and his broadcasting career. Now, Kiki Palmer and Sarah Haynes are just kind of rolling with it because they understand that sometimes, you know, sometimes the show works and sometimes it doesn't. Well, Strahan is pissed at Sarah Haynes. Because he feels like she didn't give it her all. Uh, because she knew she could always go back to The View. And... So he was ranting and raving about it to a producer. And the producer said, well, you know... Sarah was willing to shoot from home. It would, You know, the executives made the decision to uh, replace you guys, not Sarah. So, he still went off that Sarah should not have done The View. Uh, she should have saved. Um, it, she should have just been off air and waiting for their show to return um, to make it more of a ratings bonanza. And, again, they, the producer said, you know, they needed someone on The View. Um, and they preferred someone with experience and, you know, that person just happened to be Sarah. Which did not sit well with with our good friend Michael Strahan. <clears throat> uh, he also blamed Kiki Palmer um, because he believes that she should have hyped up the show more on her social media accounts. Um, and when the producer said, you know, you're blaming everyone else, why aren't you blaming yourself? 
he just looked at me and said, I'm on Good Morning America. I've done all I can do. So, I, the producer went back and reported this to the executives. And the executives were not very pleased with how everything is unfolding. And one of them actually said, you know, Kelly Ripa was right about him. We should not have brought him to Good Morning America in the first place. So, y'all buckle your seatbelts. Because this is going to be a bumpy summer for straight hands. But we're going to love every second of it. (laughs) Alright, I'm going to take a break. And I'll be right back. And I'm back. So, okay. We're going to talk about Megan McCain and The View. Um, Keeping with our ABC daytime motif. um, The last few segments. But, I did want to... um, just let you guys know, this segment was actually something else entirely, which will be weaved in, um, it'll be weaved in to the, the narrative of this segment, but, um, as, after I got scooped this, this, uh, evening, I just had to kind of revamp this a little bit. So Megan McCain has become the the villain that we love to hate of ABC Daytime. Um, you know, she's she always tries to appear so prim and proper and above it all. But behind the scenes, she's a raving bitch. <laughs> uh, and I take no pleasure in saying that. Okay, I do. <laughs> but... Um, so... Basically, Whoopi and Megan got into it today. Uh, they were talking about the removal of the Teddy Roosevelt statue, which uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be talking about um, in Palatok next. So, <clears throat> what... What be, um, what Joey and everyone basically said is, you know, no one is, no one is saying that Teddy Roosevelt was a bad guy or shouldn't be honored, um, but this this particular statue is, um, has racist undertones. Um, there's a slave, there's um, a Native American, and they're subjugated to Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, even Tony, um, Teddy Roosevelt's great grandson said, "Hey, let's let's get rid of it because it's not what my grandfather stood for." Anyway, so Megan went off on this diatribe, um, and Whoopi was trying to throw the show to commercial, like she was told to do um, via the producers. And Megan was so, so disgruntled by this uh, that she actually went after, in a post-tape meeting, uh, Megan went after Whoopi 
and accused her of all sorts of things, including trying to silence her and trying to make it appear as though she wasn't professional. And Whoopi's, Whoopi's comeback was, I don't need to do that. You do it all by yourself. Which poured gasoline onto an already very tense uh, situation. Um, now, the ladies of The View are not known exactly to be uh, friends or even friendly with one another. Um, Whoopi and Joy get along. Um, Sunny and Joy get along. And they've all tried to get along with Megan, but she made it nearly impossible for them. Um, Sunny and Megan have... Sunny Hostin and and Megan have exchanged uh, words multiple times. Um, They actually did try to be friendlier with one another very briefly um, when the racist remarks about Sunny were released. Megan called her and try to get a better understanding of <clears throat> why she was so upset. Which any decent human being would do. But um, as soon as ABC lifted the embargo okay let me just stop right here. Let me explain this. So for all of their talent and this is across all um, primetime Daytime, streaming, um, even in the movies, Disney insists upon a clause in the contract that says if you act a fool on social media, they can fire you. Uh, and so, most everyone tries to restrain themselves. For the ladies of the view, the clause goes a little bit further and says... You cannot attack one another. You cannot fight with one another via social media. Save it for the camera. Okay, the last part is just me adding it in. But um, it, they really do have a clause that says you all can't um, take your grievances to to social media platforms. And... But they recently lifted that embargo and said, you know, we're stifling you and we might we might have been out of touch and on the wrong side here. So feel free to do what you feel is right. Um, I don't quite remember. I think it was about defund the police. Um... And Megan just keeps insisting that defund the police means abolish the abolish police departments, which is not at all what is being asked. Um, people are just asking for the money to be reallocated to mental health and housing and other services that could actually help the community. <clears throat> but um, so ABC lifts this embargo. And and tells them, you know, 
feel free. Do what you think is best. So Sunny Hostin takes that as her cue to um, let people know that she thinks Megan McCain is an idiot. And Megan and Sunny actually got into a huge pre-production fight over it. Um, and this is the part where I was, this is what I was originally going to talk about. So, Megan McCain has a tendency to kill hot topics where she is at the center of them. Um, a lot of people were wondering why they didn't talk about her feud with Michigan Governor um, Gretchen Whitmer. And it was because Megan knew she came across as a jackass and absolutely refused to be part of it. And producers were not pleased, um, and she actually got sanctioned. Um, there were a couple of days where she was off because, uh, because she actually made a fool of herself um, going after the stay-at-home orders here in Michigan. Um, and one producer, and I'm reading this, this is a direct quote, um, that my source copy and pasted to me. The producer said to Megan, you need to stay out of things that you don't know about. If you knew anything about Michigan, you would be able to see that these are very easily bought. We have got 20,000 tweets right here from people letting us know that you are wrong. And in fact, Gretchen Whitmer reached out to you and said, here's the truth about the matter. Have a great Easter. You did not respond. And from there, she got... uh, She got a two-day suspension. So... With all these... With all this bad blood boiling over... What is going to happen? My source reaffirmed that Megan is out. Um, the timeline is a little bit sketchy right now. Um, because of optics, they can't fire her while she's pregnant um, or while on maternity leave. But they are going to take the maternity leave to um, addition, possible replacements. And their preference is to have someone ready to go um, for the November election. <clears throat> but according to my source, if, if they're still stuck with Megan for November sweeps, um, she said don't expect her to last until February. Um, producers can't take it. Uh, Whoopi can't take it. And Whoopi has already made it clear she does not want Megan came back. And there's a blacklist um, of guests that Whoopi will not allow on the show while she's a host. And Megan McCain's name will be on that list. Uh, right next to Rosie O'Donnell. <coughs> so, that, that's something to look forward to, I believe. Anyways, thank you all so much for listening.
as always, it really means a lot to me. Will is up next with Politalk. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to this week's Politalk. A lot's happened since we last discussed the news and nonsense coming out of this country's government and body politic. So we're going to skip the standard introductory semi-jokes and get right into it. Black Lives Matter protests have continued unabated in most of the major cities across the United States and have begun to spread into suburbs and rural areas. A protest occurred in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, a town known in the past more for white supremacist activity than Black Lives Matter protests, and one even occurred in the New York City suburb where my family and I are staying to ride out the lockdown. Well, the lockdown's over, so pandemic, more like. Police response to the protests has become increasingly virulent and defensive. In Atlanta, after the officer who shot and killed Rayshard Brooks was fired for excessive use of force as well as breaking department policy, he kicked Rayshard Brooks after he shot him, among other things. 57 police officers walked off the job in protest. In Seattle, police have outright abandoned one of their precincts, which is now being governed more or less autonomously. And there have been reports all across the nation of police officers saying that they will not investigate crimes in progress because if the nation doesn't want them, then it won't... Well, then they won't do their jobs. This has obviously not done much to endear the police departments of America to the public. Although given the fairly constant incidents of police brutality we've seen over the past month, including one rather shocking incident I saw recently of, online, I wasn't there in person, of a group of police officers attacking a double amputee who was with the protesters and taking both of his legs away from him. Oddly enough, despite the close quarters and constant activity of the protests, the major coronavirus spikes across the country have not been located in Minneapolis, Louisville, Atlanta, Seattle, or other areas of conflict between protesters and police, but instead have been spread across the South and West, predominantly in places such as Texas and Oklahoma, where state governments are loosening coronavirus regulations or even forbidding local councils from putting restrictions into place at all. Thank you, Governor of Oklahoma. Attention was temporarily drawn away from the protests and the coronavirus by a pair of political scandals, one much, both involving the Trump administration, one much more serious than the other. The first is the, well, lack of success of Trump's rally at, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, a solidly conservative bastion, where he was expected to hold a rally that he and his administration claimed would have millions of attendees. The final headcount for the arena in Tulsa was 6,611, not even enough to fill out its 20,000-seat capacity. And as a result, the administration has been desperately trying to spin the low attendance as a positive, claiming, respectively, that potential rally-goers were frightened of protesters, that most rally-goers had been kept outside in accordance with coronavirus restrictions that notably Trump urged those at the rally to not follow, 
And of course, the classic old saw that the media is simply lying about the numbers, fake news. The bigger story started on Friday when Attorney General William Barr announced that Jeffrey Bergman, the lead prosecutor for the Southern District of New York, was resigning and that he would soon put forth a nominee to replace Bergman in his post. However, Bergman immediately clarified that this was the first he had heard of it and no, he was not resigning. Later, Barr clarified that the president had ordered him to fire the prosecutor and to replace him with the current head of the Securities and Exchange Commission who was looking for a new role. President Trump has denied that he ordered Barr to make that call. Barr's attempt to unceremoniously fire and replace a prosecutor who was leading the investigation into Trump's properties and Deutsche Bank, among others, caused immediate and actually for once bipartisan outroar. Democrats immediately jumped on the move, saying that it was Barr's attempt to ensure that his boss would not face too much prosecution or bury the investigations into him. While Senator Lindsey Graham, known snake oil salesman, announced that he would not support any pick to lead the Southern District's office if that pick did not have the support of the two home state senators. That would be Chuck Schumer and Kirsten Gillibrand, both Democrats. It's possible that this firing has drawn commentary from Republicans where many others haven't because it's so egregious. Trump and his administration are pulling a Nixon here. They are blatantly firing an investigator who's looking into their businesses and attempting to replace him with someone who is a closer acquaintance of the president and would presumably be more favorable to him, if not drop the investigations altogether. It's possible we'll learn more about that in John Bolton's tell-all book, which it looks like he is going to be able to release, as federal judges have ruled that A, it's already in the wild by now, and B, Trump's claim that it is both lies and fully classified doesn't really sit well at all. I'm going to come out for a second here and and say that you should go ahead and pirate this one. John Bolton is a son of a bitch, and I do not want to send any more money his way. But this is probably worth a read. Whether it will be as much of of a good read as Mary Trump's upcoming tell-all book, scheduled to be released in July, is something we'll only find out later. And that's a wrap. Thank you all for joining me, and tune in next time. Cheers.